What is going on, everyone? Hey, hi, hello. Welcome back to the Pin Pals podcast. I am your host, Eric from Warrior Pins. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming back. I know it's been a couple months, but uh, we're here and we're ready to end 2022 the right way. Two more episodes of the Pin Pals podcast. Um, If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I appreciate you. Why don't you go ahead and rate the show five stars and leave a quick review? That'd be awesome. Uh, if you're watching on Spotify or listening on Spotify, because, you know, there's a video feature on Spotify. Appreciate you. You can go ahead and rate the podcast five stars. That would help us tremendously. And, uh, you know, if you're straight up watching on YouTube, uh, thank you for that. Put a lot of extra work into releasing a video format of this podcast. So if you're checking that out and that's your thing, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate your support. If you... You know, speaking of support, if you feel like supporting the podcast, you can do so by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. That link will be in the show notes, but it's like Patreon, uh, except you can choose to either support me on a monthly basis or just on a one-time basis. And uh, it's just really cool. Um, you know, there's a lot of you out there and, you know, it's not cool so much as... Uh, like the monetary thing yeah that's great and and it helps me pay some of the bills for the podcast and stuff like that the domain uh, merch and things like that uh, but your support like there's actually people out there who find this podcast entertaining find value in it uh, so they choose to support me on buy me a coffee and I think that is awesome that you know that tells me that we have something here and that we're building a community and it's just it's all good fun, and I appreciate anyone who's ever uh, donated or is an ongoing member. Appreciate you. Got lots of fun perks, you know, if you're thinking about uh, becoming a monthly member. One of them being access to our Discord server, which is basically just like a, a, a pin maker chat room. You know, we're bouncing ideas, we're sharing feedback, we're sharing wins and losses. And uh, it's a great time, so shout out to everyone who's been active on the Discord server. So, yeah. Plug that, plug the platforms that we're on. Now on to today's episode. Finally got a chance to talk to the one and only Pin Lord. What a great conversation. We talk about literally like everything. Let me see if I can pull up uh, the timeline and just read you some of my notes. Uh, I mean, we talk about how he started back in 2015, uh, what the algorithm looked like on Instagram back then. Uh, We talked about, you know, how lucrative his repost account uh, became. Um, Won't give any spoilers, but very lucrative. Uh, We talk about his book, Pin Game Strong, which I have a copy of right here. Uh, There you go. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) It's late, and uh, I'm recording this the day before that you guys will be hearing this. So uh, bear with me. I just finished the day of work and uh, some time at the gym. So I'm also hungry. So I think that plays a factor into it. But yeah, Pin Lord is uh, this week's episode. And like I said, we get into a bunch of topics. This is a, a pretty lengthy interview. Uh, and there's a really cool surprise at the end. Uh, I hinted at this on my Instagram page at Pin Pals Podcast. So you probably, you know, if you've seen that, you know what this is. Um, If you're part of the Discord, you probably know uh, what the surprise is. Um, But stick around to the end because it's awesome. And 
Yeah, I just want to... Um, I think we talk about it in the podcast, but I pretty much drove through a snowstorm to get to Kingston, New York, where Pinlord uh, lives, and and it got worse. Uh, the snow did not let up, and it was... You know, it's about an hour and a half. What is it, Ollie? It is about an hour and a half Kingston, New York, from where I am in uh, North Jersey. The commute was like two and a half hours. Ollie. You might have to go outside, so I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Apologize if you're hearing Ollie bark. Um, I think he just, you know, is jealous that uh, he doesn't have a platform to, to, I don't know, bark whatever his thoughts are. But, yeah, drove through a snowstorm, so there was a lot that went into actually making this podcast. Um, it's the first one that we did in person, so I'm super excited. I know the levels are going to be a little wonky, you know, still trying to figure that out. It was just the two of us um, recording together, so there was no one monitoring the cameras. There was no one checking audio levels. I just kind of glanced down at my recorder and, uh, you know, just made sure that we weren't peaking. Um, so apologies on any kind of that stuff. I know the, uh, the light, we use natural light to light up the podcast. Um, and we recorded, I think we were starting around like two, two thirty. So, you know, out here on the East coast, uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, <laughs> the, um, sun was setting and stuff like that. So that played effect. I tried to edit the podcast as best as I could, but it's not perfect. You know, and towards the end, we're using an old lamp and that just kind of threw off the entire white balance. But uh, all good, fun stuff. You know, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't even have to worry about that. But it's a lot of fun. First one in person. So, you know, definitely check that out on YouTube and Spotify if that's your jam. But um, I think that's it. Ali is getting restless right now, as you can see. He's uh, trying to bite my hand playfully. I think he's just trying to tell me that he's got to go out. Um, so, yeah, enjoy my conversation with my pin pal, Pinlord. Yeah, we're rolling. Holy shit. Eduardo. Eric, my friend, it's been a long time coming. A very long time coming. Holy cow. I still can't believe we're here in beautiful Kingston, New York. There you go. I know. I'm so grateful you make the treacherous drive up here in the uh, snow. We've how long we've been planning this for uh, we well we've been trying to get you on the podcast for a while. At least six we months. From good part of this year, I'd say. I'd, yeah. I'd double that. Twelve months, like almost this entire year, we've been trying to do it. But uh, I want to say a month ago, we set the date. We had it locked in. We're ready. There was almost a COVID scare that like made this whole thing digital. But that's behind us. We're cool. We're healthy. We're in the clear. But of all days, you guys can't see it, but it is snowing out here. Not a lot. But this guy is out here, like out here, out here in Kingston, New York, like yeah. in the back roads, like a 15 minute drive through the back roads, yeah. which is like a slow 15 minutes because the turns and me with the snow and stuff like that. Like, it's just I love it. But I'm also like terrified that I could just swerve off the road. I'm minutes. terrified for you, man. I like <laughs> got all wheel drive. It's cool. But yeah. Just trying to paint the picture. Here we are, man. Here we are, man. I'm grateful yeah. that we, we get to speak about this. I never get to nerd out about enamel pins in my regular life. So I feel like this is like I've been waiting to just be able to talk about pins for an hour. This is great. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we normally start this thing off by saying, welcome to Pin Pals, Eduardo. How's it going? Good, man. I'm, I'm loving today. I'm very excited. 
Eric is here, first note of the year, and ready to talk about pins. We're here to talk about pins. Uh, so this is the first time that we're doing a podcast in person. Um, I got cue cards made up, so for all you listeners, I'll be reading off these cards. And I didn't do it correctly. I just printed out my notes, and some of it was too long, so I had to fold the notes inside. I, I, I taped them. Hack job, but here we are, man. <laughs> here we are. No one else is doing it except me. So, um, first question, man. Just get the let's get the, the the listeners up to speed with who you are and uh, what your pin brand is. Well, um, my name is Eduardo Morales, and I've been running my pin brand for almost what it started in 2015. So, just heading towards the. Eight year. Eight year anniversary next year, which is wild. Pin Lord. The Pin Lord. Pin Lord. This is Pin Lord. <laughs> if you're in the pin game, you know who Pin Lord is. You've seen this account before. I appreciate that, man. I Pin Lord has been a big part of my life for many years now. So it's it's fun to be able to to talk about this at length, you know. Um so yeah, Pin Lord. And I guess how I describe Pin Lord is it started as a, an, an as a Instagram repost account featuring the best enamel pins from around the world, obviously, in my opinion. Um, and then it grew to making pins and then writing articles and then doing many other things. But that's how it all got started. Wow. 2015. Okay. So how take it back just before starting Pinlord, all right? What was it about the pins? Did you... Because you're a very entrepreneurial type of person. You have that mindset. You have a bunch of other small businesses and stuff like that, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Um, so did you see... Was there like an opportunity here where you thought maybe there could be something or I, maybe I can make some side scratch? Or was it purely just I love pins and I want to like do something with pins? Man, it was... I was thinking back on this. And it actually started i used to collect enamel pin lots on ebay so i had like a leather jacket that i you know i was I've always been a little bit into fashion so i wanted to make it you know i had a leather jacket but i want to make it fashion <laughs> so so i i would go on ebay and buy vintage enamel pin lots and i would there was you know they i don't know they i don't remember how much they cost but they were like maybe 50 bucks no maybe less probably like 30 bucks and there would be a couple hundred pins in there and 90% of those were not great. Uh, but there was a couple in there. They were like, oh, I want to keep this. And, and I would just put it on my jacket. There wasn't an enamel pin thing at the time. And what happened was I started working at this app called Depop. Mm-hmm. You, have you used it? Uh, I've so, downloaded yeah, so it. People, but <laughs> some people have dabbled in it. Anyway, at the time, like Depop was like there were four people in the office. And it wasn't a big thing. And my job was to, I was a community manager. And part of the things that we were doing, we were doing Depop meetups of Depop sellers. People, mm-hmm. Basically a lot of like, you know, thrift sellers, vintage sellers, people were into buying and selling stuff online. Yeah. And I started making friends. And one of these friends was called Jimmy, who then started an enamel pin, an enamel pin brand. And he was like, man, you have you, I, I, I didn't even enjoy using Instagram. And he was like, hey, man, I saw this really cool patch and pin reposter on Instagram. You should check it out called Patch Game. 
And at the time, he was just patch game account was just reposting patches and pins from like small sellers from all around the world. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy cannoli. But but it was it was mind blowing because it was about, you know, pins around like your favorite, like a like the big Lebowski, right? And all I knew and all there existed at the time was just like traditional vintage pins from brands. So that after that I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. And I started buying a ton of pins. And I was spending like not joking, like a hundred dollars a month on pins. Wow. And part of my job at the time was working with like quote unquote influencers online mm-hmm. to help grow the app. Yeah. And working with them, I started noticing like, oh, these people that are growing communities online, they tend to like they're not the most quote unquote talented at whatever they do, but they're really, really good at knowing how to leverage how Instagram works to grow a community. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm, I kind of get what they're doing. Let me try it out. And let me try it out and basically copy what Patrickin was doing, but focused exclusively on enamel pins. And at the time, all the Instagram accounts looked kind of like there was no there was no aesthetic in terms of the grid. So I'm like, oh, I want to make the, the grid look really nice. And I want to make it only about enamel pins. Yep. And I started reposting from there. And all I wanted was if I get one free pin out of this, I've made it, man. Like that's that, that's that, that's how I got started. And then, it, and then it freaking grew way more than I ever expected it to. Way more. We'll get into it. But you got more than just like one or two pins throughout <laughs> the 80s. We'll, we'll show that later. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. So, yeah, it must have been like a, a wild, wild west back then. Just opportunities. Not a lot of people doing it. So I'm sure that when people were searching Instagram, you were one of the first accounts to like pop up for stuff like that. And that's funny how you considered the uh the, the grid right from the get-go because i remember when i first started i got into it like around 2016 uh it was like the beginning of 2016 march or april somewhere around there but i remember running across your account and being like that's that's the the grid the aesthetic and stuff like that one dark color photo one light color photo so it's got like that checker mark feel and stuff like that and I so I saw that, and then I started seeing other brands adopt it. So I tried doing it, and that shit was exhausting yes. to like keep up to like edit the photo so it's a dark background or take pictures and stuff like that. But you're still doing it eight years later. Yeah, but I think that was the reason why my account grew because uh, no one, because it, you know when you when you first come across an Instagram account, right? Or, or like let's say you want to get into the enamel pin world, right? And I think what tends to happen is you start looking up accounts online mm-hmm. and you kind of develop a map in your brain of like, out of these 10 options to follow, which one am I going to spend my time and energy on? And I think sure. those little details, at the, at the time, there wasn't many accounts doing it. So at the time, it really mattered. Now, it's it, it doesn't matter. But back then, it, I think it really made a difference and I think it really helped the account grow. Yeah. I think, yeah, you definitely set yourself apart. Still new. There, there weren't pin brands like there are popping up like left and right nowadays. And that's no knock to anyone like trying to get into pins. Um, it's just, it was like a non-existent niche like within yeah. Instagram. And I think you kind of help like really like carve that out. Like you carved like a pattern that allowed others to like replicate and find success, but like within their own ways. Like you can't just like, 
find uh, an Instagram account and copy everything that you're doing and expect that to work for you. It's all different and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's cool. So what was it early on having this account? You know, 2015. This is before the algorithm changes and stuff like that. Everything was in chronological order. Did you find like immediate success? Were you getting lots of followers? Um, talk to me how you like account just started growing. <laughs> if I think back on Instagram at that time, it's wild. So I, I posted like 12 times a day. Wow. And be, because of the, because of the chronological algorithm, right? Because at the time, ultimately what I wanted is the, I saw the more times I got in people's screens, the more opportunities I had for people to comment and share and save. Okay. And there wasn't many people going through the through the effort of posting that much because most accounts had to create their own content. And that was a big benefit of why I wanted to do a repost account because it was all about promoting other people, but also that meant that I didn't have to create my own content, which means I didn't have I could post 12 times a day, which helped me grow. Um that was one I was using like at the time a like a post automator which was like obviously like that time like those things were like super no one was using that sort of stuff um they were cheap to use too like like, to, to. like a bot to automatically yeah. like certain posts that yeah. had a hashtag in yeah, it or yeah, something yeah. like that yeah so all of that sort of stuff you know i think really accounted but i ultimately what really mattered was that the account became another little trick was that i used pin as the beginning of the name of pin lord right so at the time when you searched on instagram pins that was way likely to show up in comparison to other accounts so all of those little things really built up and the hard part was to get people to follow you right so if, if that account had a large audience and i featured people and promoted them and they got followers and sales from it the word started getting around that people used to start tagging me in their photos so I would promote them on the account. And that also helped the account grow. So it was like all of these, all of these little details helped it yeah. to go over time. But that was back then, right? Like a big thing of, of I think even when it comes to entrepreneurial stuff or even enamel pins, right? Like you see a page that's big and was successful and people at, sometimes because you, you try to copy it, right? Because, oh, they're doing they're doing well, so whatever they're doing must be a good way to do it. But I can say that the only reason why my account grew so much was because I was early on, right? And it wasn't the best account, it wasn't like the best pins, but because it was early on enough, it helped build kind of like that large enough audience that helped it continue to grow over time. Yeah. Um, and at the time when I was doing it, it was different and new. Um, but I think that happens so much, right? Because we, we see accounts on Instagram, they're like, oh, they're so big, you know, like, but if I would have started my pin page a year later, guaranteed, it wouldn't have grown. So it was like, I think it's important to talk about that stuff because to manage expectations about. 100%. I just, we were playing by different rules and stuff like that on Instagram across, I'd say just across social media in general, it was like way easier to, to define the content that you want to grow, you know, you're starting an account, grow business. It was quick. I forget how quick that Warrior Pins grew. Yeah. I mean, we're only, we just hit like 13,000 followers, but in like 2016, like 
maybe a couple months and I had like a thousand, two, three, four thousand followers or something like that. Like yeah. it was big. And because I had that immediate success and like selling out first couple pins and stuff like that, I'm like, holy shit, there's something here. Mm-hmm. But then you could easily just do, like put a line in like this timeline and be like, okay, we're either talking about pre-algorithm or post-algorithm and that just like changed everything for the game. Yeah. But you started early enough to shit man yeah you had like a hundred thousand followers or something like that like way early on i don't know what you're at now it's over 200 like 100 and, no it's like 100 oh. and something. losing followers every month <laughs> slowly but surely eventually it'll go down to zero <laughs> the bots. that's also good to know you know like yeah i think i think why well, afterwards as you know i used to write a lot about how to grow instagram accounts and at the end, I don't I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it anymore because there's not there's not much science to it anymore. Like there's not there's either you do reels and you do reels well and you grow, or you don't and you don't grow. Like there's not yeah there's not much science to it. But I think many people are either not growing anymore or losing followers. And it's because not many people talk about oh I'm losing followers. It feels like oh it's only you right. <laughs> but I think I I would say more than I mean, this is, I'm just making numbers up, but I would say more than half accounts are probably not growing or losing followers anymore. Yeah, I, I love looking at, uh, there's a graph on like Instagram that shows you how many followers you gained, how many people you unfollowed. And I wish you could click the unfollow so you can see who's unfollowing you. I think that would de- fuck you up in the head mentally. Be like, why is he like following, unfollowing me? Yeah. But it's wild, yeah. Uh, I can post a screenshot and show you guys. Like yeah. I lose... I don't know, 30 to 50 followers every couple of weeks or every month or something like that. So it's weird what the, what the net is. Oh, we're going to do wanna it right see, now? I want to see how oh. many followers I'm losing. All right. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's see. Uh. <laughs> Warrior pins. Uh, professional dashboard. This is riveting content. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'm losing on average a day around... 15 followers a day. 15 followers a yeah. day. Oh, That's right. How do I get there? Uh, tap account insights. Let's see. Um, followers, I'm at 13.3K. Okay. In the last 30 days, I've gained 173 followers, yeah. but I have 104 unfollows. But your graph looks way nicer than mine. Mine's all just losing followers. <laughs> So good job, man. We'll screenshot you're doing, that. You're doing, you. you're doing something well. Well, you know, that's interesting. We were talking about it a little bit. I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that maybe my account is more niche in that it's it's pins and Ninja Turtle stuff. Yours kind of just touches upon lots of different pins and stuff like that. So that might be a contributing factor. Yeah, We both know that there's like a gazillion other contributing factors that oh, like yeah. play into this stuff. But, you know, that's just... I don't know, something to keep in mind because people, you know, will want to start a pin business and they have all these ideas for different pins, but their ideas resonate with different audiences. And it's like, well, how come the people who bought my first pin didn't buy my second pin? And it's like, it's a completely different like ball game. You're talking about a different audience and stuff like that. So (laughs) that was kind of... uh, Validating, yeah. <laughs> I hope other people feel we should, validated. We should not be ashamed of losing followers. <laughs> no shame because in it has followers. nothing to do with 
anything except the Instagram algorithm. Uh, okay. First cue card out the way. I love it. Um, so what's really interesting, and I'm kind of jogging my memory here. I remember a while ago, you talked about uh, Pinlord being a repost thing. Was Was that lucrative? Because I think... It was either your account or there were lots of other like similar copycat accounts where, hey, you pay us X amount for a feature and then we'll feature your pin and stuff like that. Um, was that you who started that like movement and other people copied it or am I getting that right? And if so, how 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 was it lucrative? Like always curious. Yeah, it actually probably started around a few months after I started my account and how it happened was. I used to have this friend who also made pins called Worm, who made awesome pins. Um, and he he also made patches. And he got some patches featured on Patch Game. Okay. And he saw my account. He's like, hey, dude, you should start charging for repos. I'm like, why? He's like, Patch Game's charging five bucks per repos. And I'm like, oh, okay. Let me give it a go. <laughs> so I started charging five bucks. And then more and more people started asking me to get repos. And then I started charging 10 bucks and eventually got to 35 bucks a pop. But, 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 but to me, the, I could only make that a business if people got more than 35 bucks worth from the repos, right? Right. So for a long time, that was really, really, I was making good money from it. I was making <laughs> good money from it because my account was large enough that it, people would likely make more more than enough sales to cover that cost. Yeah. So people would come back and want to get, repost it again and repost it again. Mm-hmm. As the algorithms started changing, as my account had less eyes on it, less and less people came back. And eventually I couldn't charge every now and again here and there. Sure. But way less people come and ask me for repost because people just don't get in good value from it, which is fair enough, you know? It's fair enough. I mean... It's it's good exposure, especially if you're starting out new. I mean, if only ten people are liking the posts, that's like ten followers that probably did not know that you existed. So in in some regards, like there is like uh, it's a good thing for like new pin makers to like kind of I don't know get their pins on the radar and stuff like that. But I hear you, man. It's like nowadays stuff like that is like is pretty. It's pretty rough. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you speak for it, like where it's at now and stuff. In terms of? Of just like, just, I don't know, just like the reposting. And I guess that's just kind of like died down and stuff. Died down. Yeah. The only time people make money from my posts, the only time I make money from my posts <laughs> is when for some reason or another, the algorithm picks it up and it gets way above average engagement. Okay than the average does so let's say and right now maybe i'd get an average of a hundred likes per post which is wild and the 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 posts that do drive sales let's say are the ones that get maybe 500 maybe a thousand that for some reason i can't control it anymore for some reason or another gets picked up by the algorithm and enough i see it that it drives sales yeah but it's it really also really depends on the pin. And comparison to before, there's so many pins out there that it's really hard for a pin to people get like, oh my God, this pin is amazing, right? Because at the beginning, that was also something that was really helping. 
because every new pin was kind of new because no one there wasn't enough pins at the time. Mm-hmm. Like someone made the first Big Lebowski pin, blew people's mind. First, you know, I don't know, Avatar pin, blew people's mind, right? And now after 30 Big Lebowski pins, the 31st Big Lebowski pin isn't likely to do well on Instagram because there's 30 previous ones, right? So I think that also really contributes to the potential for a pin to do well. How new it is and how new, like, it hits that spot. You're like, oh, that's that's cool, man. Dude. You know? Yeah, 100%. Uh, oversaturation of the market has been, like, a huge issue. Uh, There's just... Uh, I, I've been working through it mentally and being like, yo, why is there another Ninja Turtle pin maker? Like, oh, come on. Like, I had that idea years ago. But it just, like, it fucks with you. But, yeah, that that's a that's a real thing. Like, I've, I'm like, I'm tired of seeing X pins and stuff like that. So I can see how that, you know, slowly played a part in yeah. it growing and whatnot. Did you notice any pins in particular or any trends? Like that did really well. Like, was it a white background? Was it like um, it a pin maker of of color? You know, their pins that did well. Uh, I don't know, Simpson pins or something like that. Did you see any like common trends or what? What was it that really worked well for that account? For my account, yeah. Mm-hmm. It being a pin that hit that spot was the that one thing that really mattered if you know you know if you know if you like if you're like oh that hits just right you know like we all know what that feels like (laughs) that was the key but but for a time there something that was really new was let's say a new new tv series came out right and there wasn't any merch around it and there was the race to see who was going to be the first to launch the pin about that new thing and at first it was really profitable right it became that game of whoever is first Whoever first kind of like gets the loot and then the 15th person down the line is going to get nothing from it. And yeah. it all kind of depended on how fast your factory could turn it around, right? So that became a game that I stopped playing because I was never going to win that game. I hate that rat race. It's like as soon as you come up with an idea, you have to see it through. You have to mock it up and you got to like post it on the gram. Even if it's not a pin yet, you got to post it. So it's like you claim that idea and yeah, whenever a new movie would come out, people would just jump on it. And it's like, pre-orders are open now. And it's like, what the hell? This was in theaters like this weekend. It premiered this weekend. How? Yeah. How? Yeah, yeah people are, are, are quick to move. There are a bunch of wolves out there. Yeah, I mean, want to make money. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. You know, like, I mean, that's completely valid. We all want to make money right? and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But it's it just... Another thing to show how like the game has changed yeah. throughout all the years and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Do you remember your first pin produced? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was an old boy pin. I don't know if you ever seen that movie, Old Boy. The, the I don't see the original, the but original. the Spike Lee one. It was the original right? okay, one. Okay. It was one one of my favorite movies of all time, and that same idea, right? Like, oh wow, now I can make a pin about whatever I want. Like, what would I love to make a pin about that there's nothing about there? I'm like, oh boy. And I made the mistake of putting one pin back and getting the pin. I'm like, oh man, it wiggles around. Oh, I hate like, that. I messed it up. And that <laughs> learned my first. No, it actually took me two pins to learn that lesson. But <laughs> that was the lesson. And it was wild. I posted it and it got like, I don't remember, but it was like 30 sales the, the, the first time I posted it. And I'm like, wow, like this is wild. And it kept happening for... Yeah, many pins. How many pins have you produced? At this point, like a couple hundred, like 200 and something. Wow. 
Oh, wait. I'm unlocking a memory now. I think I remember you would have contests yeah. or something like yeah. that, and you yeah. would help people get their pins produced or something yeah. like that. Tell me a little more about that. Well, that was a result of me not having enough good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and not, Transparency, and baby. Not, and not being a good designer, right? <laughs> I'm not a, des- a good designer. Sure. Um, Someone's like, I don't know what I don't know what pins to make anymore. But but I had the the privilege of having my account and running a good contest of being like, hey, like whoever wants to submit this pin, like to submit whoever has good pin design ideas, submit them. I'll put them up for a vote, and whoever wins, I'll pay for the production and give you fifty percent of fifty percent of the pins, and I'll sell the other fifty. Hell yeah! And it was great for a long time. People loved it until. My page just wasn't surfaced that much anymore, right? So there weren't enough people submitting designs because no one even knew that the contest was happening. Yeah. There weren't enough votes. So that also slowly died off. As It's one of those things you have to stay consistent. You have to stay on top of it as if it's like a full-time job. And I'm sure that's not... You were paying to have other people's pins made. Like, I don't know how much of an income that you're making. But... It's it's one of you have to be releasing a lot of pins consistently, not just like one design a month, like multiple drops. Like some of these people are dropping shit every week, and I'm like, yo, what the hell? To like be prepared to like you got to be like ahead of the game two or three months in order to do stuff like that. And then that's I think when you're able to turn like this like a pin shop into like a full time thing. Yeah. So I don't know if it was. If it was like that, or... I was supposed to, yeah, once a week I was releasing a new pin, and well, the thing was, whenever I released a new pin, it created the opportunity for people to go back to my shop, and when people went back to my shop, people saw all the other pins, and they were they bought they bought that new pin, but they also bought several other ones, right? So it was really important for me to have fresh new pins to be able to promote, get people to go to my shop, and it would do, it would help sales. It, it's all about, uh, yeah, just having that inventory to sell. Yeah. And because uh, I remember for a while I was tracking like average view, uh, average view percentage. I'm thinking like YouTube metrics, like average order value. And it's like people were buying. It was like around 15 bucks or so, which was like two pins. Mm-hmm. But when I had more in my store, I saw that increase. And I'm like, you got to have inventory. That's what's going to sell and keep the orders going and stuff like that, which yeah. is... Uh, I mean, we talked about it. It's a game in and of itself. Definitely. Um, so I'm sure you've you've met a lot of cool people. You've had some great interactions. I'm sure you've made a bunch of memories and stuff like that. One thing that sticks out to me is you can kind of see it in the background. Is you've pretty much like run the pin game. Um, he came out with a book, ladies and gentlemen. This I'm is a published author, people. <laughs> he literally is a published author. This is uh, it's called Pin Game Strong, and I think it's still available on like Amazon. It or, is, yeah. Um, this is like your pride, and uh, this got to be like one of your pride and joys. Like Definitely. this is so cool. Talk to me about how this came about, how you put it together. Wow, man, I haven't. Oh, I love this book. It does really do. It, it does mean a lot to me, and. What, what, the, the backstory. The, what is the backstory? So the backstory was, when I was growing Pinlord, I started writing about how to grow other Instagram accounts, yeah. and I grew other Instagram accounts. And those those articles ranked really well well on Google. That helped me start making a side income from that. 
And I was like, holy shit, like, wow, I can start writing about how to make enamel pins. First off, there was a ton of gatekeeping in the enamel pin community early on. Of like, yes. no one wanted to share who they produced. Like, and I was like, guys, like, we don't need to keep these things secret. So I wrote about like how to make an like how how I made pins, how I thought about pins, what factories I used, how I wrote my emails. I would put like little screenshots of the emails that I would send to factories, like. Mm -hmm all types of articles and those started doing really well online they still do really well they still do really well <laughs> yeah. if you go like oh that's uh, we can talk about that later but yeah they still do really well um because i think they're good articles that get to the point anyway i think there was a publisher that was saw that the enamel pin thing was blowing up and they wanted to make a book and they wanted to find someone to write a book and they probably Googled enamel pins and they saw some of my articles there. So they reached out to me and said like, hey, you're interested in writing a book about enamel pins? I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. And they said, well, okay, let me, we'll get back to you. We got a, a couple of other people that we're talking to, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. They were, I'm assuming they were talking to other people to write sure. this book as well. Uh, and then they decided to pick me, which was awesome. Fuck yeah. And then I was like, and then I was like, oh, I need to write a book. Like, I, I don't know how to write a book, you know? And no knock on the publishing industry but it was like you have three months we're gonna pay you I, i'm honest about they're gonna we're gonna pay you five five grand to do this and you have to write everything you have to take all the photos and i was like i'm blown away that someone's gonna pay me five grand but i'm like i don't know how to write a book so i'm like i don't know how to take book photos so i just freaking winged it but also i'm like what what am i gonna write a pin book about like and I honestly thought like the, the whole magic about the pin community is the community, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not me who's going to tell a story about enamel pins. I think the magic of it is showing how it inspires us to just be creative, right? Like yeah. the impact the community has on us. So I was like, okay, I know people within the community. What I want to do is just get people's stories about what enamel pins mean to them and put those on the book and not make it about me or what I think about pins, but just make it as a, Give a give a place for the community to be able to to talk about enamel pins. Hell yeah! So that helped me also write the book because I didn't have to write it. Yep, I had to write like the intro and certain parts of it, but then just getting people's stories and that that really that really helped me. Yeah. And I got a lot of those pins right here. <laughs> yeah. Should we? Do uh, you want to get into it? Into the pins? Into the pins? <laughs> Should we? I think it's honestly so messy that. It would take us a long time to go through them. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not like into the pins. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I don't want to give oh, it away the, yet. Okay, no, no. Uh, wait, wait to the end of the yeah. episode. Okay, we okay. got a special treat at the end There's of the a episode. Special treat that will probably impact some of you. Maybe some people might might get a little some something after this. But most likely we will. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to we're trying to figure it out like on the spot right now. But yeah. Uh, some cool stuff. But uh, back to the book. Yeah, the book was really cool, and I just thought it was awesome. And if you have, like, no idea about the pin game, like, that's been on my coffee table. I've had people come over and, like, flip through it. They get a good sense of, like, how deep the pin game runs. Like, you have the pin game. Like, if the pin game is this, like, this circle, there's so many other, like, little webs of communities connected to that. And this book, I mean, it does a great job at, like, covering it but it's like barely scratching the surface by like 
all the little nano communities that fall within the pin game. But it gives you a good understanding, and, and, it, and it's cool. And I've never seen like a, a, a pin book before, so I was like, what the fuck? And it's called Pin Game Strong, I which know. is probably like everyone's using that hashtag. Like, <laughs> so I just thought it was really cool. Thanks, man. I'm happy to hear that. That was the whole point of it, right? Like an intro to people. Yeah. To see if they want to make pins, like a little intro of how you would make them. Yeah. And just stories about the pin community. Because, I mean, at that time, I don't know, 2017, 2018, I don't know when. Probably 2018. At the time, when it came out, actually, the the pin game was on the... Still going up. No, it was actually on the way down. Oh. When it came out. I think if it would have come on the way up, it took a while for for it to get published. Okay. I feel like it would have come up, like, on the way, way, way up. I think it might have done even better i don't i don't know i don't Interesting. think i don't think it went it did too well <laughs> i don't care <laughs> honestly guys just people who are into pins like know about it but i don't think it, it reached the outside of the enamel pin community which is good enough like I, well that's know? fine that's the publisher's yeah. problem yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> you got paid that's it i got paid and there's a pin book out there and i can tell my grandchildren like you know guys what i published a book <laughs> I'm a published author. I'm a published author. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, we all have our own like wins and things that like we're super proud of. What are some other things you're proud of besides the book? It's been eight years, I'm sure, of just like tons of wins and losses and stuff like that. I would say the one thing that was the moment where like, oh my god, like I'm (laughs) I'm satisfied with my pin career. I remember going my pin career. I remember going on Instagram and seeing a post of pin of me and i was like and i was like i did a double take and i was like what and i had seen that psa press and hi-fi pins have made a pin of me and i honestly that is the pinnacle of my pin career it's never gonna get better than that because like you know it's more of like oh wow like the it's more of a of a i feel honored by the pin community which is really what matters to me and i'm like Okay, I made it. This is it. I told my wife. She was like, ah! We both like got up and we started yelling. And it was it was wild. It really it still means a lot to me. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. like uh like it's not we're not like ce- like we're celebrating like Pin Lord as like it's part of the pin game. Like this is the account that like was one of the first that helped grow other pin makers and helped like provide an avenue of discovery and stuff like that. So it wasn't so that, like that's where it's coming from, I'm sure. But yeah, I remember seeing it. You guys, um, I'll, I'll probably put a photo and stuff like that. But yeah. to uh, describe the pin, y'all seen those Jesus candles? I'm sure <laughs> you've seen those uh, Latino candles and stuff like that. It's pretty much Ed. <laughs> so funny. I used to have a mustache back then. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, that was the but I was like, "That was my look." There was a part of me that almost shaved the beard just so I would have a mustache. <laughs> you should, you should I'm glad I didn't though, because you don't have it now. <laughs> I guess it would have been a good way to honor. <laughs> oh uh, shit! That's it, man. It doesn't get any better than that. Man. That's awesome. More than the book, I'd say. Yeah, more than the book. You might. I would. I'm I still. I'm still. Now it's, I still get the feelings from it. It really does mean a lot to me. Uh, what were some struggles that you had uh, with the Pinlord account and brand? <laughs> That's also a good question. I'm like, currently, you mean? Because like, <laughs> it feels like to me, I'm through that phase right now. Uh, well, no, actually, not anymore. I think the struggle came from. So 
there was a time there where Pinlor was doing so well that I was able to quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I lived off Pinlor for years. And it started getting to the point where I knew that Pinlord, I wouldn't be able to make a living from Pinlord anymore. And I was really, you know, trying to real, like, how do I crack, how, how do I crack this nut to get it to back to where it was, right? Mm-hmm. And just getting really frustrated with it and getting, you know, really sad and getting down on myself thinking, oh, like, I, I won't be able to do this. I'm doing something wrong. I, 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 I'm going to have to, you know, go back and like get a job, which I really <laughs> didn't want to do. Um, but that actually happened, I think, several years ago. And I did get a job. And then through Pinlord and a couple of other small things, I was able to quit my job again and continue kind of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not rich <laughs> by any means, but, you know, surviving and yeah. happy, which is really what I want. Um, so right now, Pinlord doesn't really make much money, but it makes a couple hundred bucks a month. But I'm happy and satisfied about it because... I already went through the process of knowing, okay, this is not going to be, I'm not, not going to make a living from this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just something I'm going to do because I enjoy it. And it makes a little extra income. And that's all I want. I don't need it to be anything else than that. So, I, of course, I would love for Pinlord to, you know, be able to continue making a living from it. But mm-hmm. if it, right now, I'm like, I'm satisfied of how it is. And if it continues to be like this forever, great. If it dies off, that's fine too. Things end, you know. Um so I'd say that time when I was really wanting Pinlord to work out and it was slowly dying and I was getting frustrated and sad about it. But yeah. But I mean, that's like the uh, an artist's journey, if you will. Art, yeah. We all have our ups and downs, our peaks and valleys and stuff like that. That's one, how we grow as people. That That's life. But like <laughs> artists struggle sometimes. And yeah. if you don't have that struggle, then you're not going to have that like inspiration or anything like that but to take it to the next step and for you to like come to the realization that like i don't need to be making a lot of money i just want to be happy have some side scratch coming in and stuff like that like that in itself is a huge just relief when you can come to that realization it really does take like a huge weight off your shoulder i feel like i'm kind of like turning the point and very similar to that i'm just i'm happy Right now, I don't care how much money I'm making. Like, it's it's nice. We were talking earlier that Instagram is like paying out for bonus reels and stuff like that. But like, it's I'm not like posting in order to get that money. It's just like a byproduct of me just being happy and doing what I can, not overexerting myself, knowing where my limits are and stuff like that, and just just having fun with it. Totally, it's what it's all about. Yeah. Right. I feel like especially the way the pin game is like. Yeah. That's where most people are going to be. So, yeah. you know, having, greedy. Re- having realistic expectations of what, what it's going to be, I think will help us all be more satisfied with our enamel pin involvement. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We're going to clip that out. That's the clip right there. I love it. Um, okay, we got a question from someone from the Discord server. Okay. Shout out, I, Pins by Charlie. I'm also in the Discord, <laughs> so I check it out every now and again just so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. You probably saw yeah. when I was like, hey, I'm uh, interviewing Pinlord. Uh, slide me some questions. Uh, Pins by Charlie, shout out, Chris and Nick. Uh, what advice would you give to someone looking to start a pin brand now? Hmm. My advice would be, first off, coming into it with realistic expectations, mm. not expecting it to make a lot of money mm-hmm. not expecting it to honestly to be anything more except your 
opportunity to be creatively expressive, you know, to put out in the world whatever you feel like you need to put out in the world to create those things that you want to own and don't exist. Like that, I think that's number one. And number two, if I, if I think about it, I think it's a really good way to learn the ropes of how to run a small business without a big investment, right? So you make a couple, you, know, you spend a couple hundred bucks on making an animal pin, but that means that, oh, I got to figure out how to sell pins online, right? Then you go through the process of learning how to start an e-commerce. Oh, wow, I got to show people that I've made this pin. Then you go through the process of, you know, getting on social media or writing a blog or whatever it is to get people to know about what you're selling. So it's a really kind of like low cost way to learn the ropes of how to start your own small business, which I think is really, really valuable, you know? That's insanely valuable. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. Like, I didn't know anything about starting a business, but once I got the pins, I just kind of figured it out. And you start learning best practices. You start learning how to like optimize your website, your product listing for like SEO and stuff like that. And how all of that trickles and how it plays a big part. Then you got to talk about marketing and all that stuff. Like, yeah, you have to have that like, figure it out and you should have like a, a sound strategy but you're right it's only a couple hundred bucks to to make a pin like i'm not saying that like everyone has a couple hundred bucks to like spend and stuff like that everyone's situation is different and, and their definition of success is different but relatively speaking for like starting a business pins are very like low entry cost to get in there so that's a it's a great point that you make absolutely and you people pay hundreds of dollars to go to thousands of dollars to go to school you know <laughs> or yeah they'll go to the events of motivational yeah, speakers exactly. and stuff like that it's like nah man you just you got to put yourself in there you got to be in the weeds in order to to really understand like what it takes and how much effort like you really have to put into this yeah some people just think they're gonna post about it on instagram and people will find it without like putting in the work and uh you're gonna be faced with disappointment if you're not putting in the work yeah which is pretty crazy um, another question from the Discord server. Uh, shout out to Vinpin episode. Vinpin. Oh man, I don't know what episode he was, but season three. There's been so many episodes. Not really, but it just feels like a lot. <laughs> uh, Vince wants to know. Um, so he's curious on how you decided to kind of leverage your your Instagram experience in expanding into like online classes. I know you had some classes on uh, like mental health. I know you had classes on social media, best practices and stuff like that. Like, did, did that just kind of, you see another opportunity while doing the pin game? Was this you just trying to, um, I don't, the word is, is slipping through my mind right now, just trying to like try something else new or how did that like come about? Was it more lucrative to, you know, doing classes and stuff like that? Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I think it all has to do with how wanting to, to see what I could do next to continue being able to be my own boss. Mm -hmm. um, so it started with Pinlord, then I started my other accounts, then I wrote about how to grow accounts on Instagram, then I wrote about how to make pins. Um, and my articles about how to grow accounts on Instagram did really well. And... I thought, okay, I have, the, my articles were pretty much all the material that I needed to be able to do a class. So I didn't have to write a class from scratch. I already had all that material. So I'm like, oh, this would be really cool, especially because my articles have always been, there, there hasn't been a, a continuing thread throughout 
all of them, they've always been separate of like, hey, here's how to use hashtags or how to post or all these different topics. Mm-hmm. And this would be an opportunity for someone who wants to get like the full spiel directly from me. Um, and it was great. At the beginning, it did really well. I was loving it. But again, right at the like after it was like six months into doing the class, Reels came out. And once Reels came out, there is no more there's not much science to it anymore, right? Like hashtags don't really matter. Grids don't really matter that much anymore. Like all the things that I was good at teaching that really help people know how to grow an account without having to be a content creator didn't matter anymore. Like what matters now is if you're good at creating reels, you'll grow. And if you're not, you won't. <laughs> I can't I can't make a class out of that. And so I said, hey, guys, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to offer my class anymore because I'm honestly, I don't feel like I'm adding the value that I would want to add. So I took it down and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing the class anymore. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy how like these opportunities come about, but they only are there for a finite amount of time. You know, you're teaching a class about so like I love to give the example when I was in college, there was social media like being taught social media in school as a class was not a thing. I did not think that I would be able to make a career out of like uploading uh, YouTube videos and posting on social media and stuff like that. But but now it's here and it's just moving so fast. So it's kind of cool how you're able to find like even if it was only temporary, you're able to find like this little niche. You know, people are always willing to pay to learn and stuff like that. So you saw an opportunity and you took it and you wrote it as long as you can. And unfortunately, it was beyond your control. It's not like uh, Instagram was like talking to you or you influence like their changes like that shit's going to happen regardless. Yeah. Um, so it's a matter of seeing the opportunity and taking it that I think is 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 really cool that, that you did. You know, relating to the previous question, right? Like now I'm realizing it all started from me starting out on an enamel pin business, right? Then I learned how to make pins, then I learned how to sell pins, how to promote pins, how to write about teaching people how to promote things. Then I learned how to start a class, which meant I need to learn how to record audio, record video, how to Google SEO works, right? Like, oh my, now I'm realizing the scope of that one seed of starting an enamel pin business led me to develop all these other skills, writing about Instagram, but it has nothing to do with enamel pin business, but it started because of that, right? So now I'm, now I'm appreciating the... Hell yeah, the, the journey, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. The podcast came about from pins and, and having these conversations with other people, like at shows and stuff like that. And, and the podcasts that I listen to are just like someone interviewing an expert in their field and just getting a glimpse of like how they think about their business, their niche, their industry or whatever. And it's like, I think there'd be a lot of value in... in, in creating a podcast where people have a platform to talk about their approach to their pin business and stuff like that. But it slowly came from making videos, releasing pins, being like, uh, I was already like in the creative space. So like content creation was kind of like in my wheelhouse. So like just use these like skills that I've acquired throughout the years. And, you know, it led you to doing these classes and, and this podcast and us being together in Kingston, New York. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Man, but now we got to know each other because of the podcast, right? Yeah. I was like, I knew about Warrior Pins, but when I heard the podcast, I'm like, oh my God, I got to, you know, I got to talk to Eric. I'm like, <laughs> I, I thought it was, it got me excited about Pins again, yeah. listening to this podcast, um, which I really appreciate. So thank you. Uh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Appreciate you being here and being able to uh, 
share this space together. Mm-hmm. Um, just so grateful for so many like other things too. Like I think we were talking off camera. Like, I was able to get a job at Nickelodeon from Pins, uh, which led to my current job now. Met a bunch of cool people and stuff like that. Like freaking, I talked on a panel at San Diego Comic-Con about pins. And that came from the podcast, which came from starting the pin business. So it's like, I don't know, just, I'm not, I don't think we're, we're not trying to like gloat about these accomplishments, but it's just, it's cool how these creative endeavors will just kind of evolve into certain things and just ride the wave and just have some fun. And, uh, you know, just be honest, just be transparent with yourself and like, Cool shit will come out of uh, the things that you do. It's like what you put in, you'll you'll get out of it somehow, some way, something cool. Agreed. <laughs> you know, thinking about, I want to add one more thing that also relates to the start starting a new pin business. That I think what you're doing is not only cool, but I also think it's really smart. Because if I think about how to make a pin business grow, the one thing that is the one domino that tops all the other domino, don. <laughs> <laughs> that also happens when you make pins. You slowly start losing your ability to <laughs> articulate. <laughs> be articulate. But um, so the one domino that topples all the other domino. Oh my god, <laughs> dominoes! <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Um, is the one domino that topples all the other dominoes? Got it. Um, is the ability to capture attention, right? If you capture attention pins will sell Mm -hmm. and that's the hardest thing to do and doing that in a platform where you don't control how much people how many eyes you're gonna get is is ultimately a likely to lose attention at the at the end of the day because things are going to end too much and i think you starting the podcast is a way to capture attention in a way that's less dependent on the Instagram algorithm or Etsy or w- whatever it is. And you're also the only one doing it, right? So I think like that's also, I think it's so smart and what makes this podcast so special. But I think also relates to thinking about starting an enamel pin business or thinking about growing an enamel pin business is if you figure out how to capture attention, everything else will take care of itself. Yep. You just got to hit that audience. You got to hit once you got to know your audience. And once you can capture their attention, it's game over. And by that point, you're building a community. And that's ultimately like what we're all doing. Like you have your community, I have my community. And that's what makes us successful like in our own way. So good shit. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so you could probably tell it's getting darker um, (laughs) just because East Coast and stuff like that. But we have a couple more. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, baby. Go for another couple hours. Okay, here we are. So we're at the home stretch, baby. Let's do it, baby. We got a couple more bring questions it home. left. Um, two more questions for you. All right. So we are here in person finally doing this for a couple different reasons. But the big one is you're moving. Talk to me That's about right. this, this next chapter in your life and where you see Pin Lord maybe going. Wow. Yeah, I'm moving. My wife and I recently decided to move to Perth, Australia. So living, <laughs> leaving our life behind and moving to Perth, where she's from. And we want basically we want to start a family and want to be closer to family. So 
that's the next step in, in Pinlord's life. <laughs> uh, but but in terms of Pinlord, I think it's going to keep being what it is. Luckily, I work with a friend and she ships out all my stuff in the States. So I can, Pinlord can keep being Pinlord. Hell and yeah. I was, I was reading this article or maybe listening to a podcast. I don't remember. But the, the podcast was saying, you know, uh, all the fortune, like the average number of years that a Fortune 500 company lasted, I don't know, 50 years ago or in the olden days, let's say, was 50 years. And now it's 14 years. So the pace of change is so fast that companies, you know, don't last very long. Yeah. And I'm like, if Pinlord gets to 10 years, I'm like, I want, I just, I, like, even if I'm not making, even when I'm pouring money into it, I'm like, I just want to get to 10 years to be able to say, like, wow, yeah, I had this small enamel pin business for t- 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. yeah. That's just a pretty cool, like, that's a cool number yeah. to say and stuff like that. That's funny. You've been saying that because I've been going back and forth. Do I want to keep doing the pins? Do I want to just, like, take this energy and maybe focus it on something else? I'm almost positive we've had this conversation many times in the past. Yeah. Um, but I was like, seven years. Uh, in March or April, it'll be seven years. I'm like, seven years is a good number to stop at. I feel like that's a lucky number. Yeah. But being, like, one of the Ninja Turtle pin guys. There's a new movie coming out next year. Uh, the franchise turns 40 in two years. I'm like, I can't stop because there's like these opportunities that I don't want. It sounds bad, but like I, I got to capitalize on it somehow. I want to maybe capitalize is the best word. That makes me sound greedy. But like I want to be there so I can celebrate like these milestones, uh, either with new pins for the new movie or just. I don't know, giving back to the community when the franchise turns 40 and stuff like that. So I go back and forth. But I, I also thought about the number thing, too. Like, seven would be cool. Yeah. Ten is a cooler number. <laughs> Ten is a cool. so, Hopefully it'll be 20, you know? There but, we go. There we go. It'll, after 20, it'll come back around again. Yeah. And pin, maybe that's when pins are going to get super big again. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep going yeah. long enough, you know? Yeah. Everything's cyclical yeah. like that It all will come in um okay so let's see y'all want some rapid fire yeah all right the audience wants some rapid fire so before we get to the last question we'll do some rapid fire so i kind of this is i've done it on the podcast i've not done it on the podcast it kind of really just how i feel and stuff like that and and uh how long we're running and whatnot but we're in person we're going for it. This is going to be an extra long podcast. So uh, the first thing to come to your mind, just spit it out. We're actually going to try and keep this like a rapid fire thing. Um, hard enamel or soft enamel? Hard enamel all the way. Favorite type of metal plating? I, uh, sad to admit this. I don't even know the differences between enamel platings. <laughs> Favorite size pin? As small as possible. Okay, I like that. What's your favorite type of pin to collect? Pins to collect. The ones that look real janky, like just like, <laughs> like funky, like just looking real. Like someone drew it in a piece of paper and just made it into a pin. <laughs> I love pins that look like they're you know made in someone's basement. So I could never make this rapid fire because I just want to add on to that. <laughs> I had my dad. 
um, try and replicate one of my like Ninja Turtle doodles, and I, I I made a reel out of it and stuff like that, and it's real janky, but it's so funny. You can see him like moving his wrist, trying to figure out like how should I draw this and the shadow like before he's actually. It's so funny, but I was thinking about turning it into a pin, like a really janky Ninja Turtle looking. Pin. I would buy that. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's, it's great because it's like you know anyone could like fancy looking stuff like that. To me, the essence of enamel pin making is like we're making people's basements. It looks, it's not, it doesn't look perfect, you know? It looks like it's just a line drawing, and I love it. That's what, <laughs> that's what I love it. Uh, rubber backings or metal backings? Rubber. Mm, interesting, interesting. Glow in the dark or rainbow plating? Glow in the dark. Ooh, my man. Uh, and this is just for me personally. Favorite Ninja Turtle? Leonardo. Oh, so you struck me as like a Donatello kind of, kind of, just because of just how smart you you are in like the businesses and and like the classes and stuff like that. But I can see Leonardo. I just always thought that Leonardo was cool. I don't, I don't even know why. As a kid, I was like, oh, Leonardo's cool. It's just the blue. I don't the know. Blue? I think it was the blue. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It was the blue. It's the blue. It's it's the old school. Uh, boys are blue, girls are yellows, uh, or pink, or, or something like that. There's someone walking outside. I don't know. That might be your wife. I told everybody from the block to come and witness. The live <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we got a live crowd forming outside <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay, so that was the rapid fire. Um, and before we get into the special surprise, um, this is a question that I typically end the podcast with. Um, and it's my favorite question to ask. But what are the little things in life for you? <sighs> little things in life for me are, oh, honestly, just having time. Having time to sleep in. Having time to spend time with my wife. Not rush. That's it. Time. That's, that's what I want in life. Just to not feel like I'm rushing all the time. Dude. <sighs> Time is a luxury. I'm realizing that like time is currency. Time is what we should be like valuing the most. Like that's a good that's a great answer. And I love pins. it. And pins. <laughs> that's pins, of course. Okay. So speaking of pins, okay, this is what I'm really excited about. I'll take that. Um so because Pinlord is flying literally across the world. And bringing like everything that he can, all of his worldly possessions, everything that means the world to him, um, can't bring everything because it's expensive. To, to I've bought shit from Australia and uh, it is not cheap shipping. So I don't even know how to how to introduce this. I've been thinking about it all week on like how do I present this? How do we do this? But uh, throughout your eight years uh, of being the pin lord, you've been blessed with uh, lots of cool pins and stuff like that. So, what's going on here? Back backstory: moving to Australia, and as you all know, pins are heavy. You know, and as you all know, I've been obsessed with pins for a long time, and I've also been gifted a lot of pins. I've been blessed with that gift in my life, and I have a big pin collection. <laughs> And it's very heavy. And honestly, I can't afford to ship, take it with me to Australia because I'm sure I'd be paying a pretty penny for that. 
So I'm like, okay, what do I do with my enamel pin collection? One, I could donate it to a thrift store, but no one's going to really appreciate the pins that are in this pin collection. And so that, that, that created a thought of saying, you know what? My buddy, Eric, I want to give my pins to someone who I know will appreciate them. And, and I called up Eric and I'm like, Hey Eric, I told him I'm moving. And I asked him if he'd be willing to, you know, if he wanted to have my pin collection. So then I said, the pin poppy will happily take your collection. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when uh, when you said those those words. I'm like, uh, yes, but also this is the perfect opportunity for us to actually like do the podcast and, and finally get to meet up and, and talk and stuff like that. But latest i was not prepared to he had he, yeah i got some pins i want to give you okay i get it shipping australia i get it i get it but i was <laughs> not prepared uh let's hold up S- starting from the small bag i need two hands you <laughs> this is insane two, two. for those of you who aren't seeing this on video it's like santa's a back, knapsack a back a knapsack full of pins that you can barely hold up with one hand. That's one half. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And here we go. Half number two. Eight. <coughs> Even oh heavier. Woo wee! What do you call this? Like a. Uh, that is a full-on like carry-on bag. A carry-on. <laughs> even bigger i should have brought one of those suitcase scales you're paying extra for this holy shit it's eric's now and i'm just it's eric's now talk to me about this pin right here (laughs) what's that one immunity shopimmunity.com it's a hand that says too sweet i this is a this is a pin from pretty Probably like 2016. So uh, still in its in its bag and its backing card. There's a lot of pins here from 2016 to 2017. So this is incredible. Like we could literally be here weeks, 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 probably months to go over. Like, (laughs) this is insane. One day, maybe, maybe one day when you have to move to Australia, you'll give it to someone else. (laughs) Uh, instead of the brotherhood of uh, the sisterhood of traveling pants, it would be like the brotherhood of traveling enamel. Yeah. I don't know. Holy cow. This is insane. Uh, we're going to be doing some sort of giveaway. So I want to do something really special for this episode and we'll probably figure it out after we're done talking, but some of you guys are definitely going to get some of the good stuff in here. I got oh, yeah. to spread the wealth. This is too many pins for one person. <laughs> but God knows I will give it a good home. Well, <laughs> I can't wait. If you guys are following Pin Pals Podcast on Instagram, do it. I'm going to make a story. I'm going to 
spill all of these out on my floor. We're going to do slow motion takes. We're going to hire the slow-mo guys. Like We're going to have a full production, and we're going to go over every single one of these pins. Maybe it'll be my life mission to like catalog <laughs> everything. But I'm, I'm weighing all this stuff when I get home. This is insane. This is literally like... If you're listening, a knapsack, like a mini Santa Claus. If I was Santa Claus, like a 5'4 Santa Claus, this is a sack, <laughs> a knapsack. That's you get, uh, you get serious back pain from that. Appropriately, like I'm afraid to, the strap might break. This is full. Oh, my God. If you guys are listening to this, tune into the YouTube version to see how big these bags are. That one's even big. <laughs> yourself <laughs> dude that's insane oh my goodness yeah and i'm keeping some for myself <laughs> i have a little this is what i'm taking to australia i couldn't leave all my pins behind wow this even month. even that itself is just like quite a collection that that's a lot of pins but holy cow man appreciate it appreciate you man i appreciate you Hell yeah. Coming out here. Appreciate your friendship, which will continue. Absolutely. Appreciate the work that you do with Pin Pals. I think it's it it, it, it got my love for pins started again, just to hearing people talk about pins. And, you know, I think that's what the pin community is all about. Just people sharing, nerding out about pins, man. It's really what it is. I, I love it. I appreciate the kind words. This is awesome. Um I don't, I think we talked about everything. Like, we could keep this going. We could have probably made this like a weekly series of just us talking about pins and stuff like that. Like, it, it runs deep. Um, what else? I'm trying to jog my memory. Remember? You want to talk about this real quick? Remember the idea we had in the beginning of the year? I think it's, I don't think it's a bad idea. I oh, think it's a good idea. okay. So maybe we shouldn't talk about it. I can talk about it. Oh, know. okay. Maybe you'll get some people excited out there. Sure. So, uh, Pinlord, Eduardo had this uh, really cool idea. He pretty much took the lead on it, and, and I was all about it, and I wanted to support him. But for other reasons, life and stuff like that, it didn't, it, it didn't happen. But essentially, we wanted to <laughs> no, no, pin, no, no. pin NFTs. So, so, yeah, so I think the idea was, well, he kind of related to all this, right, to, to, from my point of view. NFTs, right? I don't I, I a few, let's say a year ago, I knew nothing about NFTs, but people were really intense about NFTs. Either people love them or people hated them. Yeah. And I'm like, when someone either hates or loves something, there's probably something interesting going on. And in my <laughs> opinion, there's very few things that are wholly bad or wholly good. And instead of being, thinking that it's the best thing in the world or thinking that it's the worst thing in the world, I'm like, I want to explore it to see what's going on. I want to make up my own mind about NFTs. I still don't know how I feel about NFTs, but it's either <laughs> it's not it's not the worst thing or the best thing. But but I think there's there's something in us pin people. We love collecting stuff, and it's I think there's, there still needs to be a project out there that explores NFTs in the pin world. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't really care. But I think there's an opportunity. <laughs> To, to learn about things through doing uh, something enamel pin related in the NFT world, even if it doesn't work out. Yeah. We, I don't think we totally understood what we were even talking about or like trying to build. Because like 
one, it was just NFTs were, were still new, but then there was like some bad press and some people were into it. Like, like you said, they're either for it or they are against it passionately. So yeah, it, there's, there's definitely something there. And I've seen like people turn their pins into like a 3D model and sell it as an NFT. I don't know. I don't know if you're listening what your views are on, on NFTs, but I do think that there's something there. I do believe in the the utility aspect of a, an NFT. I'd be happy if like all my concert tickets came with an NFT that gave me access to exclusive photos or professional recordings and stuff like that. How how we how I would translate what I would want from an NFT into the pin world. I mean, I think maybe that's where we were struggling or but then we also realized that uh it would cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm coming out of our own pockets uh, for something like that. That, uh, you know, if anything, I think we were just ahead of our time. <laughs> yeah, and we learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot just from even trying to figure out what we would do. Yeah. Which is ultimately what really matters, you know? Yeah, we, I did learn a lot about NFTs. We were talking, like, on the regular, like, every week or every two weeks, we'd set up, like, a Zoom chat, and uh, you would figure out something or read into something and I would do the same thing. We've just come back and just having a conversation about it and seeing what other people thought. And I, I still think that there was something there, but you know what it looks like. I don't know. <laughs> I think at the end it ended up being this, the idea of like having one of one art that just honors the enamel pin. community. Yeah. So partnering with an, an artist in the enamel pin world and just creating like a poster that honored the enamel pin community oh, yeah. and just, Releasing that and having a small series of one-on-ones and seeing what happens. Yeah. I still think that's not a bad idea. So if anyone out there wants to do something like that, hit me up because I want to try new things. Let's see what happens. It was cool. Yeah. We even floated the idea of like, if you get the NFT, not only will you get the pin or, or, or whatever, but you would get the mold, which would allow you the ability to produce these pins if you wanted to which I thought was really cool from like the outside looking in, like what that would look like if you teamed up with another brand. We didn't like totally flush things out, but there was something there. Like there's that digital aspect to it, but I think a lot of people want something tangible. And that tangible thing that we had landed on was like the mold, which would have been like, I mean, that could have that could have made some people rich, depending on like who we teamed up with and stuff like that. It might seem like an expensive initial cost, uh, it, like 0.3 ETH or, or whatever it was, a couple hundred bucks. But you get a mold, and from that mold, you're able to make uh, thousands of pins for like the next like three to five years before like you gotta get a new mold and stuff like that. But if you're selling like thousands of pins from that one mold you're you're making your money back like that you know yeah, yeah i mean i think even just sharing that i think it's fun because part of the creation process is bringing people in you know like if yeah. there's people out there who are pumped about it you know hit us up like uh, who knows if it's going to turn into anything but even just sharing ideas and having people bounce from those ideas or get people inspired about them that's the whole point of this, man. That was the shit that like I really gravitated to. It's like, oh, this is cool. We're learning about something new, and you're doing it with someone else. So there's just you're bouncing off each other's like excitement and stuff like that, and and that was really cool. Uh, I know you have more pressing things to worry about in life right now, 
but I'm sure you know we'll, we'll pick this back up or yeah if if anyone listening you know if you're into NFTs and you know how to help build the infrastructure and and stuff like that hit up this man yeah or do it yourself and then I'll buy your NFT hey maybe I don't know how expensive it'll be there you go yeah I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> um yeah I spent a yeah I I, I don't want to admit how much money I spent on NFTs. <laughs> The return is at an all-time low right now, Absolutely. but uh, but to be like one of the first people in like ten years, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna clip this out. This is gonna be the gold clip like in ten years. No, I'm not, but not not joking. I'm, to me, I think there's gonna be something there because right now it's the internet before social media happened, mm -hmm. right? I think mm -hmm. something will come out of that world. It's not it doesn't exist yet, but something will come out of it. But I think the reason why is I think it's NFTs are really good at capturing your attention, right? Like if you have an NFT, you're thinking about it. You go to the Discord. You talk about it with friends. You think how you can contribute to the community. And that's the hardest thing to get. And I think NFTs do it really well in comparison to social media, which you, I think it's kind of like slowly degrading internally. Like just social media, in my opinion, is can really affect our mental health. I'm not saying the NFTs can't, but. I think the ability to capture attention is, is there's something there and, and something will come out of that. Yeah. We didn't talk about this, but you just brought it up. Um, instead of like diving deep into it, how about we end with a couple mental health tricks? Because we're always on our phones. We're odd, like from the first thing in the morning, admittedly, like I check my phone and it's a habit that I'm trying to break. I see other accounts. I've blocked other accounts. Uh, not because I like hate them. It's just it just like it messes with me like mentally. So there's lots of times I had to step back, reevaluate, take a breath. And I know you had a class on like mental health and stuff like that. So give me a couple like tips for people um, to just be more mindful of their mental health. I appreciate that question, man. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I the the thing that's coming for me next is I will be doing a new class around how to protect your mental health while you continue to use social media. Because I think so much of the advice that exists out there is like, we all know that social media, most of us, doesn't make us feel good, right? But the, the advice we see is like, don't use social media less. <laughs> Period. Yeah. And then yeah. you go, well, I need to use it for my life, for my small business. You telling me to use it less is 0% helpful. So... This class is going to be about all the tests that I've done on myself to see what has helped me be able to protect my mental health while continuing to use social media. Um, so if you want to support me, DM me, and I would love to include you in the group of people who are going to be in that class once I launch it. And I would really appreciate that. Um, but regarding the tips, one <laughs> what related to what you said, I mute every single person that I follow. Everyone. Nothing shows up on my on my grid. Except my wife's and I think like my therapist, I think. <laughs> and and like an artist that I enjoy. Sure. Everyone else is muted. That really helps has helped me not like once I open the app not get a bit lost in the just scrolling. Um but I think another tip that's really important is Get really clear on why you want to use social media. Like, 
I think for most of us, no, we haven't even asked ourselves that question. Like, what is the purpose of me using social media? And once you write that purpose down, try to reframe, uh, reframe the way you use it based on what you said, right? Like if yeah. I want to use it to grow my small business, then use it to grow your small business. There's no shame in that. But then why are you sharing about where you went to eat, right? Like why are you growing your personal account if it has nothing to do with your small business, right? So mm-hmm. I think asking ourselves that question helps us be pay a bit more attention to and ask ourselves like, why am I using this if I wanted to use it for this other reason, right? Yeah. How about you? Any tips that... Oh, great you? question. Um, muting a bunch of people... Um, just so there's like less clutter, there's less distraction like on the feed and stuff like that. Um, uh, admittedly, I'm, I'm not going to reveal which accounts, but I've uh, muted a bunch of like pin accounts just because it, it puts me in like a weird mental space where it's like, oh, I had that idea. I should have released it. Or um, it, it just gets you thinking and then you're like, oh, you know, I really should like be talking to my manufacturer. I should really like tie up these loose ends with this design and stuff like that. So muting people so you see less of that. So you're in a better headspace and stuff like that. Um, but also completely like muting and turning off notifications from all my social apps. So my phone isn't going off ding, 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 ding. Because when you hear that ding, you're going to want to check like what these messages are and stuff like that. And that's just like super distracting. So that's honestly what's helped me the most is just turning off those notifications. And when I check the app, that's when I see everything. And if I don't check the app and I don't see it, I'm living my life. I'm happy and I'm present. And that's what it's about. So that's, I guess, my tip for the viewers. I love it. One last one, if I can. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I think is really important is to try to not feel guilty about using it when you do, right? Like, mm. I think this happens sometimes where we tell ourselves, hey, I want to I use social media less. And we take certain actions, like we mute people, we turn off notifications, and then we use it again. And then we are a bit hard on ourselves. Like, oh, yeah. like, oh I can't believe that I used it again, right? And, and I think it's important to... To protect our mental health while using social media, it's really important to learn to let go of that. Because if we're realistic about it, right? Facebook hires thousands of the smartest people in the world and spends hundreds of millions of dollars to get you to pick up your phone and put it in front of your face. Who do you think is going to win that battle, right? So us thinking that we're somehow going to be more, you know, we're going to have the willpower to never use social media and all of a sudden go from using it to not using it is unrealistic. And what happens is when, when we you know, start being a bit harsh on ourselves, it keeps us from changing because we're like, oh, it kind of like mm-hmm. it, it, it makes us feel like we aren't doing it right when, when we... We're always going to use it. So yeah, you know, it, I mean, these apps are designed for us to stay on it longer. That's why we get notifications when our friend's friend, grandma, shared an update or something like that. Like I just had to deactivate my Facebook because I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care. That adds great that your grandma lived to ninety and she's celebrating her birthday or whatever. Like I'm all for that, but I don't need that in my life. I don't like need these like distractions and stuff like that. So good shit. Um, 
How do we close these 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 things off? Oh, why don't you just just where can we uh, keep up with your life? Uh, Pinlord or yeah, just Pinlord on Instagram. P I N L O R D. What about your courses? Is it all going to be through Pinlord? I'm actually I'm probably going to promote it through my personal account, which is the Eduardo Morales. Uh, but if you want to just get in touch with me, you can just DM me on Pinlord. Cool. I don't respond to DMs very quickly but eventually i get through them part of the reason is you know can't be on dms all day yeah so. no 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 can't can't get uh these people used to us responding to them quickly because then that's just a, a bad uh loop um but yeah links and everything to follow uh eduardo and all of his uh adventures and uh not, not adventures and stuff like that in the future will be in the show notes um this thing this video is about to cut off in Twenty in, in like a minute, so we'll just wrap this up. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Uh, thank, thank you so much. much. <laughs> thank you for the work that you do, man. Yeah. I really, you know. Hell yeah, man. This has been a, a great time. Um, I hate that we had to talk right, you know, before you had to leave, but I'm glad we made it happen. Me too. Me too. I think that light dimming was a sign. Yeah. I, I think, think this so. is a good, a good, good uh, spot to end it. Appreciate you. Me too, man. And uh, best of luck in the next chapter in life. Thanks, man. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, everybody. Peace. That was sweet, man. Please wait. Wonderful. An hour and a half? It's not bad. Boom, baby. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> That was awesome. You think so? Yeah. Okay, good. good That's going to be great. Good. The my the creative person in me was like bugging out because yeah. the white balance was set for like the outdoors and that light. 